Welcome to episode 18 of the MindHub podcast with Cody and Dee, and we're so excited to give you some life updates, and then we have a spicy topic to talk about. I think this is our second spicy topic. It's the second? No, it's third. I think it's third. Third, okay, yep, yep. Yep, get some spice in in your life today, hopefully. Oh, God. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) We love your dad jokes. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Yes, we do. Oh, man. Well, what's new with you, D? Still, we're about four and a half weeks out from somewhere shredding. I'm tired and hungry most of the time. But last week was actually a really good week. I wasn't as tired and I wasn't as hungry um, compared to a few weeks prior. So that's good. Um, and the scale finally went down after 10 days of not moving. So, <laughs> And I was, was like... doing everything correctly. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to have patience. Yep. But those are kind of my life updates. I just can't wait until we're in Texas. For sure. I'm like super nervous, but I I'm looking forward to it. I just want to like get there. I think the travel kind of stresses me out a little bit, but um yeah, I am ready to not be hungry. Uh ready to actually eat foods other than chicken and rice so that's that's yeah which because your your diet your your diet recently changed right yeah my whole ass diet changed my whole ass coach changed because i fired my old coach and it not well yeah i did um but i got a new coach and that was a big deal because you know my situation like the whole time from like day one I was like unsure of you know I tried to give him the benefit of doubt I was like Mm -hmm. maybe it's gonna get better and um he has helped me with posing a bit but the last straw throughout you know the was it like five weeks that I was yeah with him there was just (laughs) weird things Like, he wouldn't remember how many weeks out I was. He didn't know what my macros were. And he was just throwing out random refeed numbers. Uh, He wanted me to do a refeed every four days with 400 grams of carbs on top of what I was already eating. And for a 5'3", 132, 33-pound little man, that's a lot of fucking carbs, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and so I was like, if you don't know what my macros are, do you even know what I weigh? Do you know how tall I am? Do you know what I look like? Where are you? Because he <laughs> keeps no data on me. Legit. It's only text. There's no fill this out. There's no spreadsheet. There's no. Do you remember the first time I had a check in and I sent him my weekly weigh ins and he told me it was too much? I about shit my. <laughs> like, that was almost the kicker from the start. I almost was like, this is ridiculous. What? What do you, how do you notice trends? How do you know yep. to progress me? And that's so why last, I love the the app we use like yeah. to, to train our clients and to train me too. <laughs> um, it's just, it keeps everything in one place. And if you, in you are human, you are going to forget things, but to forget things all the time, every time you talk to your coach and they're forgetting things like that's, like, of course, you're going to have your days where you forget things. But, like, he was just over the top, like, 
yeah. I don't want to say didn't care, but like he didn't put in the work that a coach yeah. is supposed to. He legit like did not seem like he cared one bit because let's say you know what happens you do forget things you know as a coach I know this but here's the thing that's when you go into that person's file and you you do a double check you look at everything you find the answer you don't ask them for the answer that sounds like I would never ask my client what are your macros you dumbass <laughs> nope. like you set them for me why wouldn't you know yeah. um but he didn't even set my macros from I was setting my macros because he never he never changed them. I told him what they were and he's like, all right, we'll just keep it at that. So we did. Uh, but he's got nothing on file, right? So the last straw was last. It was like a week ago now, basically. Um, I asked him, should I change anything? going forward should I you know basically should I up my cardio whatever he didn't answer me so I had to ask him again said should I up my cardio this week because internally in my head I'm knowing I need to up my I like mm -hmm. I still have some some leaning out to do there's some, I had to change something he said where are we now <laughs> I was like for real uh, we're five weeks out and he's how much cardio are you at now I told him 20 minutes he he also didn't catch this. He had me at 10 minutes of hit cardio. This whole time I've been doing my own cardio because like I hate hit first of all and 10 minutes are you for real? Okay. Um so I say 20 minutes of cardio and then he goes uh what was it? I think he just said let's up it to 20. Oh yeah, no, just kidding. He says have you been burning a consistent amount of calories each time you do cardio. I was like, I've been doing the same level on the Stairmaster for 20 minutes, so I'm assuming, sure. And then he's like asking about calories burned from the machine. Like, what is the machine telling me? And I about just shit my pants because that it's shit's not, not accurate. accurate. And I told him, I don't pay attention to that. That's, you know, and he was just like, okay, let's just up it to 25. First of all, not accurate. Second of all, if you want me to pay attention to something, you give me instructions to pay attention to something. So that was it. I was like, I am done with this. This is ridiculous. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know how many weeks I'm out, out I am. He doesn't even know how much cardio he's assigned me. I could tell him anything and he thinks that he did it. No. Uh, so instantly, I, I remember texting you and then mm -hmm. being like, I wonder if I can find a new coach or, and I did, happy to say, like I emailed this other coach, told him my situation because it's weird, you know, to take someone on five weeks out from a bodybuilding or a physique show. It's weird for a coach, you know, they don't know where you're at or like what's been going on. Um, he emailed me back like in 30 seconds and then said, call me. So I did. We chatted night and day. This coach has been like attentive, trustworthy. Like, is it easy? No, <laughs> <laughs> but he's very direct and straightforward. And so that's yeah. what really has been the kicker of, okay, just going to trust you. I'm going to do everything that you say. It's been, he has met every single 
point of my expectations from a coach and like my expectations as myself as a coach. So it's, it, we're on the same page basically. Um, so that was a long ass way of saying I got a new coach. (laughs) Yeah. And you're eating a lot of different things now. Cereal, peanut butter. Yeah. You guys remember when I said I can't keep cereal and peanut butter in the house because I'll eat it all. I have to eat one serving of cereal. Who does that? And one serving of peanut butter. Also, who does that? Which, if you don't know what that looks like, you should weigh it out sometime. <laughs> it's very it actually small. looks like a lot on your plate because I think it it, it melts when you put it on. Yeah. So it does yeah. look like a lot. And I was like, oh, that looks really good. Well, it, it tastes amazing, but it's like so little. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, he switched me over to a meal plan, which is something that has also been hilarious because, you know, I don't coach physique athletes, or at least not yet, maybe in the future. But when it comes to just general weight loss or or general population fitness health, I'm very just, you know, anti-meal plan because it's a Band-Aid, short-term, not sustainable. Basically, I am living proof how unsustainable a meal plan is because... I am craving things that I like never crave and I am hungrier than I have ever been. And I feel like I'm on a diet for the first time, basically this whole prep because I I just have, it's so restrictive and rigid, but there is also a point. There's a difference between eating and training for a physique show and eating and training for health. And that's mm-hmm. where the meal plan comes into place because my coach wants complete control over my diet because there's a science behind getting on stage, being super, super lean, and not just being shredded as fuck, lean as hell. It's to look your best on stage, which includes making sure you are carved up, your muscle bellies are full that you look kind of bigger than you might be otherwise, because when you are depleted, when you're really, really tired and stuff, you could look what we call flat, which just means you, you look not so great. You look kind of hungry and you, you look like you're starving and it's just not a good look. So basically all this is calculated up to the day you step on stage and you gotta make sure your hydration levels are on point, your carb levels are on point, and uh, just looking your best. So that is why I have a meal plan versus, you know, not being the, not training to step on stage. I just want people to really, really know the difference between that because yeah. if I, you know, like I've always, I've had people inquire about meal plans with me before and I've said no. Um, so if they're like, okay, well, now you're doing a meal plan, what the hell, you know? Um, it's different. It's different. If you want to train with me for, like, a physique show and you're, like, super serious, that's a whole different story. But if you're just coming to me and you're like, I don't know what to eat, but I want to get healthier, I'm not going to give you a meal plan because yeah. I want you to learn. And it's a process. So I'm going to stop talking because I've just been, like, rambling forever no, I, I keep on getting questions like, your diet's not sustainable. I know that my diet is not su- sustainable. I never, I keep on saying, like, don't do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like, I am burning way more calories than what I'm eating. 
Um, but again, yeah. it's it's my show is well, we're doing the same show, but it's different because I will not be as lean as you. I won't even be close to as lean as you by then. Um, so I could do a meal I could do a meal plan with you if I or if you thought that that would be a good idea. But again, I don't give meal plans to clients either. I give them ideas on maybe what they can eat. Um, but for everyday life, it is way too restrictive and they could lead to binge. It could lead to eating disorders and like only in certain circumstances, I don't see myself coaching anyone for a <laughs> physique show. I do not have that talent or those skills. So uh, no, that will not be me. But, you know, I think in some cases it's, it's acceptable and it's okay. And people think that we're obsessing over our food and our diet and it's like yeah we are but th there's a reason <laughs> yeah 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 sorry um i was just gonna say like there is a, a a needed level of obsession when you're doing this sport or when you're you're prepping to get on stage and people confuse that for your everyday type of obsession and they they don't see that this is for an event there is an end point a health journey does not have an end point which is not which is why you don't want to obsess because that's just going to lead to, yeah, you know, mental health issues, eating disorders, that sort of thing. Uh, but people only assume things and it, it gets a little bit exhausting for it to, you know, you kind of have to constantly justify or explain it. Um, but yeah, sorry, went off on tangent again. <laughs> no, like, I just think like a lot of a lot of people, I've been getting a lot of messages and I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of trigger warnings about people um, being obsessed with healthy eating and um, like weight loss. And it's like, there's a difference between obsession to an unhealthy level and then obsession just because, I don't know if it would be obsession, but like you're... Um, you're aware of what you're eating and it's not an obsession to that level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like people just insert their own life experiences into absolutely everyone else's life experiences or into every piece of content that someone puts out. So for example, if I put something out about weight loss and then there's somebody who either is struggling or has struggled with an eating disorder, yeah, that could be triggering to them. And they might, you know, put their two cents into how I shouldn't be talking about this because it's triggering. And and it's just like, but there are also people out there that are not going through that. And it's not triggering for them. It's legitimately helpful. So, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't really, <laughs> you can't please everyone. You don't know no. your, your audience all the time. And it's really just comes down to some uh, self-responsibility and it's okay if you need to unfollow somebody because it is triggering. Uh, but yeah, some things are for you, some things aren't and lot, yeah, you know, but. I always say that if, if, if it is bothering you, if something like that, so that someone posts is bothering you, then it's something internalized. It's not what that person is posting. It's something in you that is reacting to what that person is posting. So that's something mm -hmm. that you as a person who's reading it needs to figure out. And that's where therapy comes into play. And then that's very important. Yeah, for sure. It's just like, 
you can just take a second, um, you know, sit with what you're feeling, sit with that emotion before you react, it could actually go a long way in being able to acknowledge, why do I feel this way? What is happening inside me? And, you know, I would say if you sit for, for sit with it for a second before you just start to react and interact, it could change a lot, you know, just in a matter of a short time, even if it's just not, you know, writing that comment or, yeah. you know, it, engaging in, in a conversation that's really didn't, it wasn't productive, you know? Um, and I think as me personally, who I am someone who did struggle with an eating disorder and because of that, I can acknowledge what might be triggering, what could be an issue for someone that is still within me. I, I, I know these things because it was a personal experience for me, but I also know that these things do not have to be triggering forever. So what is triggering for you at some point might not be forever. What is triggering for you might not be triggering for another person who has also had the same experience. Um, and I think when I look back to when I was struggling, it never had anything to do with food or weight loss. I wasn't triggered by, oh, this person, it, or there's like five ways to lose weight or to blast belly fat. And it wasn't really as much a body uh, image thing. It was an inner... It was like trying to control inner chaos and food happened to be that one thing, you know, that mm -hmm. I could grasp onto, that I could control. But then also, you know, having a past being trans, that there was gender dysphoria thrown into the mix. So it was like, how can I feel more comfortable in my skin? Well, by getting rid of my curves. So I was kind of subconsciously just trying to feel less dysphoric by being at an incredibly low weight. Um, so that being said, it's weird because we, we, we seem to tiptoe around talking about weight loss and intentional weight loss specifically. A lot of people, it makes people really, really uncomfortable to see someone intentionally losing weight. And I get it because eating disorders are their own type of hell because they control you. Mm -hmm. You don't even, you don't even know it. Like I remember not even having a clue about how much it was controlling me. And I remember being, when people start telling you a little bit like, oh, you, you look, you look too thin. That's when you start getting those comments, those too thin comments, right? So then you start looking into eating disorders, you start entertaining the idea, maybe you have a problem. I was, I remember being like, reading it's about control and being like, what am I trying to control? That's silly. That's just, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of denial, but also when people say, they start telling you, you look too thin or you, you, you should eat more or you look so thin, you're so tiny, like those comments there's a lot of anxiety around when you stop hearing those comments. So in the same way that we might be, you know, 
like people think that's helpful or people think that they're saying that out of concern. That's what you want to hear. That keeps fueling that disorder. And when you stop hearing that, that's where the anxiety comes in. So yeah. people should actually really refrain from telling someone that they're too thin. Um, that kind of went into a weird spinoff <laughs> to what I was actually trying to say. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, for me, I struggled with, um, and I do still struggle with binge eating. Um, but to my surprise, this prep has helped a lot. Like, uh, today, like I fit, I went to my mom's, so I was able to have, um, like, I think I had two, two Reese's cup, but they fit in my macros and my mom had a whole bag and I could have <laughs> easily eaten the whole bag, but I was like, no, like this fits. I need, I need some sugar. I need something to pick me up. I was tired. So like, so I was like, okay, I'm going to eat those. But if, if it was a few months ago, I would have probably eaten the whole bag and then I would have had some ice cream and then I would have had some pizza and then I would have had, you know, French fries, you know, everything like that. So for me, it's like when I, before, like when I would binge, I couldn't stop myself from eating it or I didn't know why I was eating it. And now because I'm doing this, this this show and like this prep like I have to think of what I am putting in my mouth um and and I'm not obsessing over it but I'm thinking about it and that in turn helps me think of why I'm eating this and mm -hmm. why I need why I think I need to eat it. it it does my body need it to like a workout or like because it just wants it or am I doing it for an emotional reason yeah totally it definitely brings those emotions to the surface <laughs> It's like so many times, like, I just want my waffles, I just want, you know, my big-ass salad, and I can't, uh, but I think there's also some weight in knowing that everyone is also different, and how one person might heal from an eating disorder might be completely different from someone else. Mm -hmm. For example, bodybuilding has actually been really, really beneficial for me when it comes to eating and body image, which sounds insane. Same. No, for me too. <laughs> yeah. Because one of the biggest things is that it allows for seasons and it has this built in knowledge that your body is going to change and you are going to be less lean and you're going to be leaner getting, you know, ready for a show. And then it focuses on building muscle and building strength so you almost turn from getting shredded as fuck to focusing on performance but that's what makes it so much easier to allow for fluctuations and have that real spectrum of of weight so you don't drive yourself insane you know mm -hmm. so that's how bodybuilding has been quite helpful for me i know personally that there's going to be a little bit of a hard shift because there is some familiar or paralleling thing where you're hungry and you're getting leaner, you're getting thinner, and then you're gonna have to make a, a shift from all of a sudden, you know, you're super lean to, okay, now we have to put back on weight. And there is, I, I know there is going to be some hesitation on my end. It is a little bit of something to work through. However, I've done it before and successfully and it was almost empowering because it was like, wow, I I did this and I would never have been able to do this back in, mm -hmm. you know, 
when everything was going on. Literally, I was like starving for five years. So it was like to do it for, you know, 12 weeks or, or you know, five weeks, four weeks, whatever. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> I, I think for me, I'm just scared. Like, I know that I'll never be 360 pounds again. Like, I, I, like I won't. Like, I'm always going to go to the gym. I'm, I'm never going to stop. I might not do as much cardio. But I think for me, like, after the show, it's like, I'm going to take a break from tracking calories and like I'm allowing myself, not like allowing myself, but like I know my weight's going to go up between probably like 10 to 15 pounds and that's not all going to be fat. It's just going to be because I'm going to be eating what I want um, for a week or two, or two weeks or whatever. But like I have to be okay with gaining that much weight because it took so much to lose it. Um, but I know that it's temporary because I know that once I do it now, I know that I can do it again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, for you, uh, <laughs> it's almost like we were talking about the other day where how many calories you'd have to be eating to even be at maintenance. Uh, so I think there's something to keep in mind where you feel like in order to maintain, you're always going to have to be at this calorie intake. It's like, nah, dude, you could raise your calories and still lose weight and not have to <laughs> be suffering. It's just going to take longer, you know? Uh, so that's the sustainable aspect of it. And that's what differentiates this process versus the, the sustainable process. So, um, yeah, just don't forget you won't, you won't have to like suffer to just live. (laughs) And I think, I think like half of my mind is still eating. Like I was at 360 or my mind thinks I can still eat what I ate at 365 pounds. And as much as I ate. So I think I will realize very quickly after the show that I can't eat all of what I think I can eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I that, think that's that too. For sure. And the process, it does kind of, uh, it, uh, it has this weird, you know, change of perspective around things. And there's less of this scarcity mindset of food because once you realize that it's there and you don't eat, like you're like I'm not in prep anymore I don't need to like shove everything in my face it's like it's always there you can always have some uh so that's probably the biggest thing to remind yourself that you know for a while your body is going to be like oh my god all of these things I need to eat them all right now forever like, yeah I'm the man you don't need to do that because it's always there no rush, yeah. you know? <laughs> sure. First few days. I'm so excited just to eat. A Texas food is good, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to, to eat some food as well. And I think uh, I'm also excited to start working on strength and building Me again. Me too, yeah. So that's something that I'm trying to, like, you know, to keep my head in, in online and not uh into the 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 more disordered type of like oh you know we are small and this feels kind of good and that sort of thing but um yeah you know I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that this is healthy and that it doesn't stir up some sort of issues or like Mm -hmm. it isn't familiar in some sense uh in some senses but I am in a good place to where even if it does become a little too much, I know what to do. I know who to talk to. I have a therapist. Uh, Basically, you know, it's all about your support system as well. Um, So, yeah, I think 
that yeah i'm trying to think if there was something else that was, there probably is but my brain is like yo uh we need some food and we're gonna <laughs> yeah I, I think know. what I do think you I, I i've never been able to put on muscle because i've been losing weight for three and a half years almost four years so i i don't know when i'll be able to put on muscle because i still feel like i have a, a significant amount of fat left but I, I might not um so i think it would be really cool to you know maybe do a little like not reverse diet but like put on some strength not and not yeah. necessarily fat put on some strength because i've never been able to do that yeah well you have actually been able to do that. You you just probably don't know yet. But I don't like, see it. You you but definitely put on muscle through your journey of you know where you started into now. Uh, it's just a matter of time of revealing that, and then also you can still build. You know, even a maintenance mode, just recomposition. So it'll it'll happen. It is you know it's just a, a time thing. And uh, as far as reverse dieting goes, it sounds like a complicated term, but basically it's just <laughs> eating a maintenance. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So our spicy topic. <laughs> that was our spicy topic. We've just been seeing a lot about uh, orthorexia. Did I say that right? Yeah. Should we... Should I give the definition just in case yeah. people don't know what it is? Okay, so orthorexia. Let me find out the Google definition so people know. All right, orthorexia or orthorexia nervosa is an eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. Unlike other eating disorders, orthorexia mostly revolves around food quality, not quantity. Unlike with anorexia or bulimia, people with orthorexia are rarely focused on losing weight. So, yeah, what do we have to say about that? <laughs> I keep on getting asked this question, like, in my, all, whenever I put in Ask Me Things on Instagram, they're always like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I think if you are obsessed with it, then you probably have an eating disorder. Like, like I said earlier, there's a difference between being cautious and being obsessed. Yeah, and I think it's really easy to label someone as orthorexic, even if they're just really into healthy eating, it's a fine line, you know? People could very easily easily label me as having orthorexia because- Oh yeah, because yes, you don't I... eat any of the good foods, so. <laughs> it's like, you must be so miserable and just, yep. orth it's like, no nah, man, like I went to culinary school, so I actually know how to make it taste good. But at the same time, the really the, the, tr the determining factor and the difference between orthorexia and just legitimately enjoying eating healthy foods is does it affect your quality of life? Are you obsessed with it? Are you experiencing a lot of anxiety, a lot of immense guilt around eating at foods that are, you know, quote unquote, not healthy or off, like, off the plan of what you usually eat? So it really just comes down to the individual. And that's not something that really an outside perspective can really know. So if you ask yourself, wow, I feel like this is affecting me in my day-to-day -day life. Maybe I won't even, maybe I'm isolating myself because I don't wanna go out to do this thing because there's gonna be food there that's not healthy. 
and I, I don't want to eat it. Um, things like that. And that is kind of the same way that any eating disorder kind of presents itself, you know? So an eating disorder is an eating disorder. That one specifically is a little harder to recognize because it can be more socially acceptable. And then there are certain diets that can be masks for eating disorders. So being a vegetarian, vegan, paleo, basically any sort of elimination diet, yes, they can be masks for eating disorders because you have a certain level of control when you go to a social event saying, oh, I don't eat meat, so I can't eat that, you know? So, yeah, but you can still go and you can still have a good time whether or not you eat the food. Oh, it's yeah. just like, it's it's like whether you're obsessed with, oh, I can't go because there's going to be food there. Right. It's just a matter of, is this diet for health reasons or is it for control and obsessive yeah. reasons, basically? It's just ways to hide things to make it more socially acceptable. But mm-hmm. the problem is was already there. Before these diets ever existed, like that problem was already there. Uh, there's some inner chaos that needs to be controlled that the person is trying to control. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's it's probably more likely that your eating disorder is going to be caused by your own damn family and the dynamics of that than a few social media posts. Of course, you know, it doesn't help when there there's certain levels of social acceptance with body image and stuff like that but that does also start in the home with does you know were you told your whole life that you're beautiful and like you you should love your body and everything about you is perfect or did you have people make fun of you or bring you down because of certain things of what you look like or so much to say, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like this society that we are in right now feels like they need to put a label on everything. Mm-hmm. And we yes. don't need to label every single thing. Like, yeah. It's okay to not have a label. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we, Speaking of obsession, we have an obsession with labels and we have an obsession with obsessing over being obsessed. So, what the fuck? <laughs> Can we just live? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. I was in my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, can you think of it? I don't know. It'll come to me. It'll come to you. But, yeah, essentially, there's just a lot of assumptions going on. And like I've always said, if someone puts out some, let's use me, for example, if I post a big ass salad and I do that every week because I eat it every day and someone posts and says, you have orthorexia because all you eat is salad and you don't eat any junk food and blah, 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 blah. Cool. That's an assumption. Thank you for your opinion. However, is that right? Not unless I say so, because this is only one little tiny window into my life, right? You don't know where my mind is at. You don't know my intentions. You don't know my actual life or what I do outside of Instagram. I could, you know, behind the scenes be eating all the chocolate. I don't know. You uh, could. I could. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. 
<laughs> I am not right now, at least. So now nah, usually it's it's nut butter. Usually I'm just like, okay, I'll just take a spoonful of this. Cannot do that right now. But uh, yes. Yeah, so it all comes down to you have to trust that whatever that person is telling you, if they are happy, if they are telling you this salad is my favorite, I love it, I'm eating it every day, then that the only thing that people should assume is that that is truth and they should support and be happy for you. The only time that is appropriate to speak up or voice a concern is if you know that person personally in real life, you're close with them and you're like, you know, like if you're best friends with someone and all of a sudden your best friend um, starts to show signs of an eating disorder or being depressed or something like that, that's when it might be more appropriate to say something, but you also have to be careful how you say it because I know even in my own eating disordered brain back in the day, if someone told me that I look too thin, you know, there we go again with that. And then also if they voice concern, I would just push him away, you know? So you can't really talk someone out of an eating disorder and you can't really talk them into it with just social media posts, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's just we've been seeing it a lot lately and we just kind of wanted to bring it up to you guys. And you guys can tell us what you think too. Like when we post this on Instagram, let us know your thoughts. Um and and how you feel about it i didn't hear about the word until someone asked me about it and i was like cody what is this <laughs> i was like yeah. i don't know what this is and i had to google it too and then i asked my partner who's a nurse and she was like i i don't know what it is <laughs> so yeah it could be new yeah it really it kind of took off i feel like it's been around for like about a decade now but oh, okay. it's really started to gain traction with the more types of elimination diets that we have, like keto and um, paleo, veganism, stuff like that, because there is a lot of uh, emphasis on healthy eating, and then there's also an emphasis on this moral superiority. So there's also a chance, like me, for example, just gonna keep putting myself out there as this person who falls into these types of things really easily because I do so really religious right I grew up really religious so I'm used to rules I'm used to guidelines I'm used to following them like there is no other option and that's what diets and foods can become it's like once you get out of one thing it's really easy to jump back into those same uh, cycles with something else completely different and that is why food has become very religious because it happens um you can do that with a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah sorry so the takeaway from this is do not comment on someone else and unless they unless you know them and even then yeah. be and don't comment on someone's body, even if it's not involving weight, because you can't tell someone that, you know, like intentional weight loss or whatever is toxic or you're concerned, but then two seconds later, turn around and comment about something else on their body, you know, like, oh, if only your nose wasn't so big. It's just like, all right, 
I thought you told me not to obsess about my body <laughs> and now like I'm ugly and <laughs> so yeah just be kind you never know what someone's going through yep I agree yep. well I talked a lot I apologize <laughs> no you're fine I'm very tired today so it's eight o'clock here eight eleven at night oh, here man so almost bedtime you didn't have caffeine today, and I just no. had a whole cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, this, today's my rest day, and then I don't have caffeine on those days normally. And it's I, today's a holiday, so. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I keep thinking it's Sunday. It's not Sunday. Mm-mm. It's Monday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but do you have anything else to add? Um, I think that's it, you know, like, just be kind, be careful about making assumptions, be careful about reacting and be mindful of where you're at in your journey. If something doesn't suit you, if something triggers you, uh, it's not for you, you know, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening uh, and liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you would be so kind to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great because that's how we get the word out there. Uh, And we have been growing and we are very thankful for that. Um, So thank you for you guys. And you can follow us on Instagram at MindHubPodcast. Hope you have a good week. Bye.